Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to a Cinematic Universe mini-sode. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and joining me to bridge the gap between our Thor The Dark World and Generation X episodes are... Seb Patrick. And James Hunt. Seb, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much are you looking forward to our Generation X episode? I'm just deeply, deeply sorry. <laughs> uh, I was I not involved in the discussion. If I, if, I, if I had been responsible for choosing our next bad TV movie that's only available on YouTube, it would have been Justice League 97. But <laughs> there we go. Here's what happened, listeners. We all kind of, well, we got to a stage in the, we were like, Infinity War's coming. We've got like maybe, we've got three episodes we can pick out. We knew we, we had to drop in an MCU one in there beforehand. So Seb had a choice. He went for Superman 3. I had a choice. <laughs> Mine is coming the week after Generation X. Um, it's going to be fun. And James picked Generation X. So I th- please I address think- all of your complaints to James Hunt on Twitter directly. <laughs> I, I think I think your choice is going to make people nostalgic for the days of Generation X, to be perfectly honest. But, well, let's see. It's also bad, but hopefully we're following it up with the greatest thing ever committed to celluloid. The, the problem after, is, so. yeah, we've done all the good movies, so now we just have the bad ones left. No, we've got some good ones still hanging out there. We've got, like, The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, no, you know. <laughs> We've got with Spider-Man well, we, 3. We're about to head into a good MCU <laughs> run. So, and I'm looking forward yes. to Spider-Man 3. I think Spider-Man 3 is going to be a really interesting one. Uh, and I think I've not seen that film for a very long time, but I have a sneaking feeling it holds up a lot better in a post-Mark Webb world. <laughs> we'll see. It might a, a lot of these uh films might hold up well on the podcast in a post-Generation X world as well. So, <laughs> hey, look, I haven't watched Generation X yet. It could be brilliant. Yeah, me, me either. I just, I'm scared. I did, <laughs> I did click onto the YouTube video and kind of like track through a couple of things and went, oh, oh, what's this? <laughs> um, okay, well, let's talk some news though. And and sticking with um, the X Men theme, uh, we got our second trailer for Deadpool two, now called Deadpool two, or at least DP two. Um, from the studio that brought us 27 dresses and the devil wears prada the trailer the, the trailer proudly uh told us <laughs> um and james are you still unsure whether this movie is going to do x-force <laughs> <laughs> no okay. oh, man. Uh, i can see that it probably will <laughs> they spiked two of our bits of speculation from last time uh which is yeah confirming that it that it is x-force 
and the and this trailer has confirmed that the title of the movie is Deadpool Two, which I'm really disappointed by because I honestly would have been so delighted if it if it was called Untitled Deadpool Sequel. Especially, <laughs> did you did you guys read the the blurb beneath yes. the trailer on YouTube? And you know, given that they've done that with the blurb, um, you know, why have they not gone further with the title? If, what that blurb reminds me of is when you get funny comics solicitations. Um, yeah. You know, um, Chip Starsky and Matt Fraction are quite keen on doing it. Kieran Gillen likes to do it. Um, for those for those who haven't read it, yeah, I've got yeah, it, it was... here. So uh, it says. Uh, after su- after suffering a near fatal bovine attack, a disfigured cafeteria chef Wade Wilson struggles to fulfil his dream of becoming Maybury's hottest bartender, while also learning to cope with his lost sense of taste. <laughs> Searching to regain his spice for life as well as a flux capacitor, Wade must battle ninjas, the yakuza, and a pack of sexually aggressive canines as he journeys around the world to discover the importance of family, friendship, and flavour, finding a new taste for adventure, and earning the coveted coffee mug title of world's best lover. There's there's a sentence in there. Searching to regain his spice for life as well as a flux capacitor, Wade must battle ninjas the Yakuza. Like, <laughs> there's, there's a point there where you could be describing Ready Player One. I was literally actually called Wade in Ready Player One as well. Yeah, he's called, actually... Wade, he's called Wade Watts because his dad thought it sounded like a superhero name. Yeah. By his dad, you mean Ernest Cline? <sighs> yes. <laughs> I've now seen Ready Player One. Oh, have you? Yeah. His, Thumb, I, how many I thumbs up out of five? I didn't like it very much. <laughs> I'm not it surprised. Kept, it kept the How many element Ecto of the 88s book. Out of yeah. It kept the element of the book that I disliked the most, and while it switches out the references to become different things, the plot remains largely intact. And um, does it I contain just... the words "and of course Kevin Smith"? Uh, no, it doesn't. Oh. Um, <laughs> That's the best bit of the book. I I basically spent most of my time watching the movie going. This is. It's not that it's bad. It's just I wish everyone involved had spent their time doing something else. Alan Silvestri does the score, and there's points where he recreates the Bats of the Future motifs, and the the DeLorean turns up, and like the crowd like cheering. There's a, there's a like Batman's in one shot, and everyone's, and it's just like ugh, references, yeah. I'd rather be watching Bats of the Future, thank you very much. And I'd rather be talking about the Deadpool 2 trailer. So let's Sorry, get back to yes. that. Um, so, um, uh, first Should, of all... Can I just say quickly, the thing I like most about Deadpool 1 and 2 is that it is the most screen-accurate version of the X-Men that has ever been done. <laughs> like, the just seeing the kid, what's his name? Julian Dennison. Seeing Julian Dennison wearing, like, a completely 100% accurate Genosian inhibitor collar. <laughs> <laughs> like not even like the other X-Men movies did where they had like a sim a, a kind of rough homage to it like straight off the page Jim Lee design Genosian inhibitor collar round it, his neck. Is it bizarre that this is this this movie is doing, you know, these movies are doing that more comic accurate stuff? Like I don't know if it's bizarre. I think it's just because the singer slash Shula Donna people are just not involved. Mm. So, um what I did want to talk about before we get into the kind of the Deadpool-iness of it all is to talk about X-Force because that's the, that's kind of like the new thing in this trailer that we didn't know anything about and some of it just made me, I, I, I it blew my mind. Um, so, uh, we, we know we got Domino and Deadpool. Obviously they were, they were around from the first trailer. Uh, Zazie Beats playing Domino. We get a little bit more of her here. She looks pretty cool. I'm 
looking forward to seeing her. We get a closer look at Terry Crews, who is playing a mutant called Bedlam. <laughs> Again, James, tell me, I need you to explain to me as we go through who all of these characters are. <laughs> What's a Bedlam do? <laughs> okay, so uh, Bedlam's power is that he can disrupt the use of technology. So, like, if you've got a car, he can stop your car. And if you've got a scanner, he can stop the scanner working or whatever. Great. Um, he like He's a really interesting character because him and his brother were introduced in the Age of Apocalypse universe as original characters and then introduced into the main Marvel universe, like, some a significant amount of time later. Like, someone went, oh, no one's used those guys. Let's bring them in. Uh, and... Yeah, they are sort of a, him and his brother, who I think didn't doesn't exist in the real Marvel universe, are uh, a, sort of allied with X Force. Okay. But, yeah, Bedlam. Bedlam is also a surname, I think. Okay, and it, and it seems like these characters they're kind of like plucking from various different versions of X Force across the years. Is that is that fair? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. This isn't an X Force team that we've ever seen in the comics, but it's people who have been related to X Force. <laughs> no, although I bet it's an X Force team we will see in the comics. Very <laughs> yes, <soon. laughs> absolutely. Um, and then, so from the last trailer, we were like, uh, "Is that character in the background there, Shatterstar?" Um, it turns out it is, and uh, the character's being played by Bill uh, Bill Sarsgaard, uh, obviously <laughs> one of one of the Sarsgaard clan, and uh, I, I guess best known now for his performance as Pennywise in it last year. <laughs> have either of you guys seen um it by the way i think no. i think by now you should know it's it's not I, really up i was street. <laughs> i was expecting it to be less you it's just i've got an amazing pennywise impression and i and i think like it, it seems like no one i ever associate with has seen it so i'm just gonna we all float down here georgie and our listeners are gonna go wow scooby-doo Joe, you just nailed that. <laughs> you really did just nail that Scooby-Doo impression. <laughs> uh, well, to be honest, that's not massively far off what uh, Bill Sarsgaard <laughs> is doing in the movie. So yeah, Bill, Bill Sarsgaard's playing Shatterstar. Um, and then we have an actress called Shioli Kutsuna, um, whose work I'm not familiar with. Um, the online speculation is that she might be playing a character called Surge. And that, to me, I see a character kind of like whiplash style throwing around some electric whips um does surge did that character james look like surge yeah i mean surge was a character from the sort of later version of the new mutants rather than x-force but i can definitely see it fitting in in that in that world certainly yeah and the, um, the the only other person that i saw people saying maybe was psylocke but i can't imagine well that's the thing given. the fact that she's got purple hair makes me go and like the first time i saw her i was like wait they're not doing psylocke again right but that'd be the third incarnation think, of psylocke i think surge is a better call yeah yeah um well i've seen um discussion slash suggestion um so, well somebody claiming and i don't know how much they know but they've they've claimed in quite an authoritative tone um, that um, the claim that it's Psylocke is completely false, um, and that the identity of the new purple pink haired mutant in the trailer is Yoiki, and she is Negasonic Teenage Warhead's girlfriend, and she's in the movie a lot apparently. Is is that is what you just said, Seb? Is that an established X Men character? Because it feels like everyone else is. Uh, I've I don't know the name, James. It is what? Y-O-I-K-I? As far as I'm aware, <laughs> it's not an established character. Yeah. 
I mean, that, I mean, if nothing else, her if name, no other reason. And, well, if uh, no other reason, because Negasonic Teenage Warhead isn't really in the comics much. True. <laughs> so fair enough. Um, okay, and then we'll move on to the final member of the team, which was the one that made me go, "Oh, hello, Deadpool two. Now I'm interested." Rob Delaney is a member of X Force. <laughs> So like the picture, I didn't see that. No, so, <laughs> so so it, it, they're going. They go. Deadpool's like <laughs> looking through headshots, and he kind of like whips past Terry Crews as Bedlam, which I think is where you can see that he's called Bedlam. There is then a headshot of Pe- uh, of of, of um, Rob Delaney with the name just Peter, and then he is in the background of the jet, and he is part of the team, and it looks like he's dressed up in like some oh, ve- extremely you know unflattering. Oh white- God. <laughs> is he Pete Wisdom? It so, looks like he's Pete Wisdom. Is Rob Delaney playing Pete Wisdom? I did oh some, my like god! That. I did some googling uh, around this, and Pete Wisdom was the only character from X Force that I that I could <laughs> vaguely imagine it being. So tell me who Pete Wisdom is. Pete Wisdom <laughs> is like the X Men's John Constantine. Wow. Okay. He's like he's a in the comics. He's a British secret agent, and he's created by Warren Ellis. Yeah, and. and- he has like these powers, which are that he can turn his fingers into like hot knives. Is the term he um, after he was so it was when Warren Ellis was writing X Force um, <clears throat> Excalibur. It was Excalibur, sorry, yeah. And um, he then got a spin-off because he was he was paired up with Kitty Pride. He was in a relationship with Kitty Pride that was quite controversial at the time. But he was then <laughs> it was called in... Pride and Wisdom, <laughs> which is a good title for a series. It's a good title for an ITV detective drama as well. Um, <laughs> but then no, he was in a in the two thousands. Paul Cornell did a four part miniseries based around him, and that was pretty much where Paul Cornell established MI um, thirteen, which is the British government's uh, superhuman dealing with arm and that fed into also paul cornell's run on captain britain and mi13 where pete wisdom was also a major character um and then no one's really done anything with him since i don't think but um he's great um because he's just a cynical british guy dropped into superhero stories i think Uh, it's fairly fairly fair to say if if uh rob delaney is playing him he probably won't be british no he's not gonna be british but equally (laughs) rob Rob... delaney has the most american accent of anyone well rob delaney is an american with quite british comedic sensibilities so true uh, you know uh, i can see that working if you if you look if you're gonna make pete wisdom american then (laughs) that's that's a good guy to go for uh wow that'd be amazing Uh, that suddenly made me uh, significantly (laughs) more excited than anything else in this trailer yeah (laughs) Because Rob Delaney's the best, right? Yes. I just I can't imagine I can't imagine him playing it British. I, I don't know if I've ever heard him doing British, but I guess no. he's li- he's lived here for long enough that maybe he can. I can see him playing it like deadpan cynical, like he does on Catastrophe. Yes, like definitely. Which is just one of the best shows on TV, isn't it? <laughs> just yes. so great. Um. So yeah. So that that was what I was most excited about from the trailer. Um. I guess apart from that, I, I, I've just got to say, this is one of the best trailers I can remember seeing. I just thought like the, the music choice was perfect. It so perfectly like encapsulated the tone of the movies. And I thought it like, it, it settled on the right amount of meta narrative. Like some of the other ones, I think it's like, okay, I get the joke. You're rewinding, you're doing the CG. Like, it was fourth wall breaking, but it still felt like a functioning trailer. And I just I just thought, start to it's, finish, this looks like well, an absolute hoot. Because they've changed directors, this gave me a confidence like, mm. oh, actually, they are going to manage to 
retain the tone and and given the style of humor and stuff and i know joe you don't like talking about this stuff but given that there are stories out there about it possibly not having tested brilliantly i just um, think that those stories yeah. are always impossible to know whether they're true or bullshit well, so. it wasn't yeah, there was it, also a story about it testing incredibly well, yeah, that came well out after go. the trailer right um but this is yeah and the point is what the trailer seems to say is that unless they've just stuck you know uh, done the thing of sticking all the best bits in the trailer which i don't think is the case because it's not even if the trailer has a load of oh wow these are amazing jokes it's just more that the trailer gives you a sense that the feel of it is very much the same kind of thing yeah. all over again um, i was i was of, happy to weird, see actually. vanessa i was very happy to see vanessa <laughs> yeah. i was very in fact yeah. i was very happy to see basically like all of the elements of the first film but like ramped up it just looked like it was the, the same the same but more the implication I got from Vanessa's appearance is what I was hoping for from this film, which is she's still around, it's just she's not involved in this particular story, but she'll probably bookend it at least. Um, mm. And you wonder, I, I also wonder she's how not just much... written off. I wonder way. how much X-Force actually plays into this movie. I, I could very much see like that team coming together in the third act to lead into the X-Force movie. It, we don't know whether they're going to be there start to finish or whether it's, it's, it is going to be kind of like glorified cameos in the third act. I mean, I think Domino will be around for a bit longer, but the rest of them, I'm, I'm not sure. And um, so, James, what, what do you think now about those odds for an X-Force movie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I sort of... I can't see these guys headlining a movie. What? <laughs> Why not? They've, they've hired... Uh, Terry Crews. They've hired Bill Skarsgård, who uh, like is pretty big right now. Like it, it's got Josh Brolin and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. That's. I guess that... they're not. They're not people who've been in movies I've seen. So put it that way. Yeah, but I, well, but they are big names. Um, I, I think. I think. Um, I was very impressed that. So when I talk about the meta-narrative stuff, like getting a bit too much in some of the other trailers, the fact that here you've got Ryan Reynolds in character as Deadpool trolling his real-life wife, Blake Lively, with a sisterhood of the travelling pants joke in the trailer. <laughs> that's that's the kind of meta-humour that I want from this. I don't, I don't need us to, like, stop and do, like, a, a, a painting to camera for 30 seconds and then tag something onto the end. That I that I thought was really funny, and then I thought the Ryan Reynolds' delivery of the last gag about like, you know, um, you know why you know why continue after two when you've absolutely <laughs> nailed it. I thought that was that was really funny, and I just assumed that they were still talking about their sister did the traveling pants as well. So <laughs> I really I really enjoyed all of that stuff, and I, I I've kind of been like, you know, Deadpool the first one is i think it's good but flawed well and... this is something i was going to bring up actually is that we're all like really excited for deadpool 2 even though we're all kind of about 50 50 on deadpool 1 because like yeah. when deadpool 1 is great it's great and when it's bad it's really bad i think deadpool I... 1 though is more than more than a lot of superhero movies one that i could just stick on in the background while i'm doing something else and kind of i think it's probably more entertaining watchable than yeah i've i've landed on stuff. it a couple of times and 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 watched chunks of it while it's on and and yeah i mean yeah you know it's not that it's perfect and it does have bits that that aren't as great but the stuff that it's that it does well is so much fun that any film that's gonna have some more of that is gonna be worth watching to an extent <laughs> yes and again um, we all said that about guardians too 
And I love Guardians <laughs> 2, so... Fuck. You incorrectly love Guardians 2. I, I, <laughs> I, saw, the... I saw someone on Twitter, by the way, say, like, James Gunn came out of an Avengers Infinity War screening and was like, it's the most amazing film ever. And then someone went, yeah, but he thought Guardians 2 was good as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, um, I, don't, I don't like the way this narrative has gone one bit. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not what, quite as much on James's with your opinion. <laughs> because it's unfair and it's wrong. <laughs> Guardians 2 is fine. It's fine. It's not a bad fine movie. At it's, best. Just, it's just not the. I just don't think it has left the same imprint uh, that the first one did by a long shot. Um, this though, I think. I think the 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 charm of the first Deadpool is that it throws so many jokes at you, and it does so much so fast that. Like that's what I mean. When you're half paying attention to it, you can kind of glance back over to the TV and like, oh yeah, and that oh that's a joke that just landed. Ha, that was funny. Um, and I think you know with a bigger budget, so they can do more action, uh, like or, or do the action on a on a bigger scale. Um, and you know if the script hits those high those high water marks, like I still think there is there's there's very few things in in superhero cinema that uh, that is has been as funny as the international women's day joke and if they can do <laughs> if they could do stuff like that if they could do uh, more about pegging joe will be very happy i'm pro peggy and pegging when it comes to superhero <laughs> movies and if they just you know if you if you if you can achieve that at a more consistent rate then deadpool 2 could be amazing and um I'm uh, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I think uh, it's bizarre, by the way, that we've had these like two trailers in two weeks with Josh Brolin playing the villain, and yet <laughs> I it, it, I kind of had to remind myself at the end of the Deadpool two trailer, like yeah, that's the same guy. So I think like any fears about that there being too much Brolin have been allayed. Um, I think. And I, I actually, I wonder how much cable there is in there. Is it, you know, or whether he's going to be like largely absent and just kind mm. of like the the threat in the background again before he pr- probably joins the team. I mean, um, it, Julian- seemed, it does seem kind of notable that, like in the past, I've said it's really easy to do cable as a movie because he's just the Terminator, and then in this film, he is essentially playing the Terminator. Yeah, so he's coming for Julian Dennison, um, who the listeners, if you if you don't know, was the kid from Taika Waititi's Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, very funny in that. Can only assume he's going to be funny in this as well. Um, he's a mutant. He's got like some kind of fire powers, it looked like. Um, is, is he like, is he playing the Hope Summers role in this? I saw someone saying this, but I don't really know the Cable deal mm, that much. No. Hope, like Cable was raising Hope Summers, not trying to kill her. Okay, but like, so why would he be coming in back in time to kill a mutant? Well, probably because, you know, he's a suit becomes super powerful and kills a bunch of people, maybe. So it's Looper, but Deadpool. It's Terminator, yeah, it's like Terminator 2. Like, it's... except instead of leading the resistance, he causes problems for people. Cool. Okay. I don't really care about the plot. It's <laughs> so, <laughs> just kind of asking because I thought we should cover all the bases. Um, so yeah, I, I will say, I think that kid is an original character because... The only real fire-based mutant I can think of is Pyro, and it's, it's good old Pyro. Pyro. I don't think he's an an original character, just because they chose Negasonic Teenage Warhead for the first movie. <laughs> so I think I think he will be a pre-existing character, but someone so obscure that even James can't think of him right now. <laughs> 
Okay, should we should we move on from Deadpool two and talk about um, a movie that I can confidently say, unlike most things on this podcast, will never ever happen? Justice League Mortal news. <laughs> Some somehow, Seb. Um, I'm just gonna let you take the lead here. Uh, Justice League Mortal randomly this week on the internet, there were leaks from this movie that didn't quite get made over a decade ago. Yeah, so this was uh, George Miller's. Um... Justice League movie that was that was supposed to happen. Um, you know, it was, it was it was like fully cast, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was. Um, let me stall for time while I look up exactly who the <laughs> cast were. I know it was going to be Army Hammer as Batman. It was uh, going to be <laughs> DJ Katrona as Superman. It was going to be Megan Gale as um, Wonder Woman. I think Anton Yelchin was going to be the Anton Flash. Anton Yelchin was the Flash. Uh, Common did, was... All off the Green top Lantern. of the dome, this. Oh, I'd forgotten about Common, but yes, that's great. Uh, a, a comedian who I, I might know him if I googled his name, but Jay Baruchel was going to play Maxwell Lord as the you villain. You don't know Jay, Jay Baruchel? I probably know, as I say, if I google him and see a picture of his face, let's see a picture of his face. Uh, Writer-director of both of the Goon movies, or a writer uh, of both, director no, of the I, second. I, oh, I vaguely recognise his face. Now that I this is the end... Anyway, he was going to play Maxwell Lord. Looking at his age, he probably would have been a quite Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthorish Maxwell Lord. <laughs> um, and uh, yes, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Hugh Keysburn was going to be um, uh, Martian Manhunter. So, what's what? What did we learn this week, Seb? So this week, uh, some photos leaked. Some some test photos. Uh, one is incredibly blurry and low res, um, but it's a shot of the whole team in their costumes. Although I, I don't know if any of them are the cast members who were going to play them. Um, I I believe that that is the Wonder Woman actress potentially, right. but I'm not. I'm. Not it's definitely sure. not DJ Katrona as Superman. Even no. though there is also a better quality picture of him in his Superman costume, which, wow. Um, oh, sorry, it was not Anton Yelchin. It was Adam Brody who was going to play the Flash. So who was Anton Yelchin? Because was he Aquaman? He was going to be in it. Uh, uh, Santiago Cabrera was Aquaman. Oh. Uh, oh, sure uh, Ant- Anton Yelchin as Wally West. Oh right! Um, so he wasn't going to be the Flash, but because the Flash no. was going to be Barry. But... Teresa Palmer as Talia Al Ghul, and if I remember correctly, the, the, the basically the big showdown of the movie because we've we've since had like a, a lot of the plot details of what this movie was going to be leaked. If I remember correctly, it was that the the big ending was going to be that Adam Brody's Flash died, and right. Wally and Wally West took up the mantle. <clears throat> So it's so the interesting thing about this film is obviously you know now that we've had a Justice League movie which you know let's not go into again. Well, um, um, a little bit of news on that is now officially it's no longer in any theaters. Is now officially the lowest grossing movie in the DC extended universe. Wow, which is quite <laughs> That's a astonishing. Ouch. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's this. This has actually come out via. This has all come out via a, a site called DC Films Hub. Um, and so, yeah, so the interesting thing about this movie is that it's, I think this is the legend of this film. Yeah, in, you know, initially when it just didn't happen, it was, oh, okay, that was a movie they were going to do and they didn't do. Now that we've had a Justice League movie, this has been looked at in a sense of, oh, well, George Miller, George Miller's amazing. And look at what George Miller did with Fury Road. And imagine what it would have been like if we'd got George Miller doing uh, a Justice League movie instead of the one we got. 
Yep. Now, you can't judge a movie by its costumes, and you certainly can't judge a movie by a, a very low-res blurry shot. Although there is also, again, from this DC Films Hub site, some concept art showing the Batman costume in a bit, or a Batman costume in a bit more detail. And uh, the less said about it, the better, really. It's 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 just weird. Um, I, I just... Just just Google it and look it up because I can't even describe it. It's it's got a collar, um, and and his boots have got toes, uh, and it's it's just so weird. <laughs> but the sorry, the group, his boots have toes. Yeah, um, like two, like the, the the feet are kind of split into two at, the, that, at where the toes that really are. puts the nipples in perspective. Yeah, um, the rest of the costumes. I mean. <laughs> It just looks what it reminds me of in in that blurry low res picture is I mentioned it at the very beginning of the podcast the 1997 Justice League movie the TV movie their their Martian Manhunter while he's more muscular doesn't look that much more convincing um, you know all the costumes have got a kind of sheen to them that makes them look um, you know like like spandexy basically which is not what you'd expect from a movie that was being made. Uh, post batman begins um i'm I, trying I, to remember seb is this did this come before the batman v superman movie that was going to happen because remember there was um, a, there was there was a batman the, v superman um, movie that yes, was like it was going famously to be... the billboard was in the i am legend it actually appears in i am legend in times square there is a billboard for batman v superman and it was going to be like because it was one of the studios. Yeah, who was going movies. to direct that? It was. Uh, I'm sure that Wolfgang Peterson. That was it. I knew it was somebody beginning with a W. Um, that was supposed to be post uh, Superman. Ret- no, it was pre Superman Returns. So that was going to be in 2004. So this post dates that, and it post dates Superman Returns. Uh, I find it weird that they were ever going to do a different Batman while Christian Bale was still the current Batman. <laughs> um, but the, yeah, the thing that really so the, there is also a, cl- a close up of the Superman costume, which so it does a few things. It does the it does the cape going into the shield like the Injustice and uh, Tyler Hecklin Supergirl version. The S shield is a very authentic S shield. It's got a yellow belt. It's got it's got. Uh, underpants on the outside but they're blue so it's got the texture of as if he's wearing the red pants but they're blue and the boots are blue but they've got a weird kind of bit of red trim that makes them look like the boots from the first Amazing Spider-Man film but again it just it looks like a TV show costume it doesn't look like a movie costume it's got no texture um, and it's just weird and and you know he just doesn't look like Superman to me at all either um but you know Do you know thought, what I think Seb I think yeah. that George Miller was making I think this was like before this back when these superhero movies really didn't have that much desire for like comic book fidelity back when the X-Men were wearing leather suits and that kind of thing. Mm. And I think that George Miller, who is not someone who's going to listen to, the, you know, be bothered about that kind of noise to begin with, I think he was making a movie that he wanted to make and probably, uh, and I say this with the greatest respect, people like you and James were the last people he had in mind when he was putting <laughs> well, together his, his Justice League Mortal You film. say that, but, it, but it, uh, with the Superman costume, it, it's not so much, oh, you know, it's off-model or whatever, because it, w- what's interesting is that it makes design choices that, that, that Warners and DC would go on to make in the new 52 and Man of Steel. But if you look at that group shot, what it looks to me like is 
an attempt to pull away from what X-Men and so on were doing in terms of, oh, these costumes aren't going to look like the comics. This looks like someone trying to do costumes that look comic-y, but without anything like the skill and balance that the MCU have managed in terms of finding something that looks like a comic book costume, but that also looks realistically like a movie costume. Because these look cartoony. Um, I think they look fun. I think they look really fun. (laughs) I like the Green Lantern one, but that's because the Green Lantern one seems to be based on the Kyle Rayner, Jim Lee designed costume that he briefly (laughs) had, which I really like and nobody else in the world does. Um, (laughs) But it's just, no, I I can't shake the image of the, the 97 TV movie. I think it's the Flash costume particularly, which again, from what we can see, looks far more like the comics version than either the TV show or certainly the movie. Uh, Wonder Woman looks very like the Wonder Woman movie costume that we got. Um, Batman looks weird. He's got big... He doesn't look like the concept art. It looks more like armour, um, but he's got big Kelly Jones-style batty. as much bigger batty as than you've seen like in any of the movies. What, stereophonic ears? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Martian Manhunter as well that just looks... Uh, yeah, not, not great. Um... And yeah, and the, as flash, I say, you know, and the flash looks like the flash. Yeah, and you're wary of saying, oh, you know, this movie looks like it would have looked cheap and terrible based on what is a test shot and is possibly not even representative of what they would have ended up doing. Uh, we can't speak for what it would have been like in terms of the story or the look and feel, whether it would have been better or worse than the existing one. But what it doesn't do is. It, it, it doesn't make you look at it and go, "Oh, I wish we'd had that movie right there instead it of just It doesn't we got make last year. it doesn't make you look at this and say, <laughs> "I wish we'd got this instead of the Justice League we got last year." It makes me look at this and go, "God, I wish someone would have fun with these characters." I like, get, and that, I get that's that. what this yeah. looks like. And I mean, what would what? George Miller would have been coming up into this off Babe Pig in the City and Happy Feet. Uh, <laughs> like, I want to see that George Miller doing well, okay. this movie. And the so plot, we... and the plot, everything I heard about the plot, it sounded really fun. It sounded bonkers. It sounded like someone had given this guy a bunch of carrots and he went, yes, let's play with them. Um, and it would have, and it would have been weird because it would have been existing alongside stuff like Superman Returns and Batman Begins <laughs> and it, yeah. I, I I think it's uh, I think it's one of those great lost projects that <laughs> it, it would have been it would have been fascinating to see. It might have been terrible, but it would have been fascinating to see. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, so if you're talking about uh, DC-based movies being fun and light with brightly colored costumes... Because talk about a costume that looks silly and bad when you just take like rough camera shots, Seb. We we're seeing more and more of Shazam. Yeah, 
And I, I get I get the impression that counter to what you've just said, you continue to be encouraged by what we're seeing of Shazam. Yes. Yeah. Tell uh, us why. Because it looks fun. <laughs> Which yeah, is counter to what I've just said. But you know, but there's a difference between Captain Marvel and Superman, and just my problems with that Superman costume is just that it's in no way uh, it's just so <laughs> anyway. Um, Indecent. <laughs> but no, the uh, Shazam just looks like something that yeah they're they're gonna have a lot of fun with. And now that we yeah we've seen the front of this costume, it 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 does it has got a bit more texture to it than than in that initial shot from the back. It does still look very much like he's wearing a muscle suit, um, which does look bizarre, and you wonder if there is going to be any kind of treatment on it afterwards. But the design and it, of- and it looks very like again it looks very like spandexy. Yeah, there's not. It's in fact, I would say there's a there's a lot of things that you just said about that Batman costume that this reminds me of. In that, like, it it doesn't look like it has a huge amount of texture, and it does keep reminding me of kind of like like superhero costumes that you would see in cheap parodies yeah. of superhero movies. Having said that, I kind of agree with you that like I'm kind of like I'm so intrigued by what they're actually making here. Well, this is the thing because there's a difference between a superhero costume that looks cheap and and childish and and silly in a movie that is supposed to be a proper heavy, uh, you know, take on a on a superhero. There's a difference between doing it in that and in a movie which gives every indication that it is going to be a light-hearted movie about what a kid's idea of a superhero is. I was going to say, so- like, it, it looks like. If you were doing big but a superhero film, this is what the guy would wear. Yeah. Do you know what? If you told me right now, and I think part of it is the hairdo that Zachary Levi has, which is like very yeah. obviously dyed black, like um almost as if it's like painted around the edges, um, and and slicked back. If you told me that this movie was about a kid whose action figure of a superhero came to life, <laughs> yeah. I would I would believe you. Yeah, but there's a there's a very interesting detail on the costume as well, which is not something, as far as I'm aware, that's a detail on the comics, but uh, has interesting implications as well. Which is that the 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 badge or buckles or medals or whatever you want to call them that that link his cape, which is is the hooded cape and does look very Elvis, um, to the Shazam Thunderbolt which the design of the Shazam Thunderbolt, not surprisingly, is based on the New 52 costume design and not the classic look. It's, you know, it's 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 in the centre and it's got the um, the kind of metal um, frame around it. But those discs have got the head of a tiger on them. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, there's a, there's, there, there's a close-up that I saw on Twitter that's the, the, the only place... I've been trying to find it again just now and I can't, <laughs> but it's uh, it's the only place I've seen that, that close-up of detail. And um, that carries a, a particular implication for those familiar with their Captain Marvel slash Shazam lore. Uh, because do you know about this, Joe? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, not, Cap- not at all. Captain Marvel has a friend called uh, Mr. Talky Tawny. Um, <laughs> Mr. Talky Tawny is uh, a humanoid tiger. Uh, who, who he's a tiger, he walks on four legs, he, he dresses in suits, he's very well-mannered, he speaks, um, <laughs> and he's a, he's a member of the Captain Marvel family, um, and he's amazing. Um, 
and you you I don't... found I found the image seven. You are bang on. There are tigers <laughs> on both of those. Yeah, you don't you don't put a tiger on a Captain Marvel costume without the knowledge that Talkie Tawny exists. <laughs> so, <laughs> is Mister Talkie Tawny going to be in this movie? Because if so. That's like putting Pete Wisdom in the Deadpool movie, <laughs> in terms of uh, you know what it what it makes me think. <laughs> um, we also got a logo, Seb. Yeah. So the, again, some I think that I think the you know I wouldn't always say that a logo is something that you can infer too much about whether to be encouraged about a movie. I do remember saying when that Justice League movie came out, oh wow, it look you know it it's not metallic, it looks comic booky, and then they made it metallic by the time the movie came out. <laughs> Um, but the thing about there's two things about this one it just looks bright and fun and two the movie's title officially has an exclamation mark in it the movie is not called Shazam the movie is called Shazam like mother Um, well this is the thing I've I've just I've just been looking at yeah other movies that officially have uh, exclamation marks in the title Uh, Moulin Rouge Airplane Mamma Mia Goodbye Lenin is a good one (laughs) Tora 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 Mars Attacks um stop or my mum will shoot that's got an exclamation mark after the stop not after that the is com- the company this is keeping um well i think i think i think mars attacks and goodbye lenin in an airplane you know um, if you include our patreon bonus that we've just put out um that is the second consecutive podcast where stop or my mum will shoot has been invoked <laughs> in the universe, which, well there you go who'd have thunk it never, never uh, let us say we're, we're not a niche but again that just it feels like they have deliberately set out to give people a certain impression by putting out that logo by it having the exclamation mark in the title um it's it's it feels like it's telling people this is going to be fun you know yeah uh, i totally agree um I, i'm yeah i'm interested by this in a way that i'm not interested in a lot of dc's other current projects and like i remember i'm still kind of like sure that aquaman's not going to be as bad as we think it is because of james wan um, but you know, I saw that character in Justice League, and uh, there's only so many mamans I can take. Um, <laughs> and this just looks like something different. And as I said, when you, the pure volume of superhero stuff that we have out there now in movies and TV, as soon as something looks different, I'm interested. Well, that's and the thing, isn't it? Especially new, from same, like especially from DC, who have been so monotonous for basically the entirety of this century. Yeah. I mean it's not that it's not that different is always good because I mean Suicide Squad is different. <laughs> um but yeah, this this looks different in a like in a very fun and experimental way. Um and we, we also look- there's there's also among the set pictures we've had some pictures of him fighting Mark Strong as uh Professor uh, Dr. Savannah as well. Um with a with a scar over his eye and being bald and looking menacing and uh, once again reminding us that Mark Strong's calling in life was to play Lex Luthor. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, let's move on to the small screen and there are a few little pieces of casting here and there that um, some of which I picked out and was like, guys, should we talk about this? And then I, would, I was just talking to you guys about something I was like, this doesn't sound very interesting. Let's not talk about this. Uh, <laughs> this... This guy's been casting Daredevil, and you you guys were like, wait a minute, he's been cast as what? As who? Could he be this? And so, Jay Ali is an actor uh, who has been cast in Daredevil Season 3 as um, 
I'll I'll read what the description uh, is that they've put out there. He's going to be playing a character called Rahul, uh, in in quotes, Ray Nadine, who is described as an honest but ambitious FBI agent willing to go to any length for his family. And I was like, uh, guy cast as FBI (laughs) agent in Marvel Netflix show, give a shit. And you, you guys were like, no, 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 Joe. That means they're probably that's probably a character, and they're doing an arc. So, <laughs> tell me, tell me what the well, character is they, and what they're doing. It means that they could be doing like the best ever Daredevil story, which is. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a bold claim. I know it is because people are gonna. Um, they, they're doing Brian Bendis's best ever Daredevil is. story. Um, yeah, so I mean, the, okay, let's let's clear up the name of the character because the name of the character is not pre-existing, but I suspect the name of the character will have been changed to fit the ethnicity of the casting and the fact that the the character in question in the comics appears in like three issues and I had to do a lot of googling to find out what his surname was because I don't even know if his surname's mentioned in the comics or if it was in like a handbook or something um because I've only I can only recall him being called Henry in the pages of the comic itself but Henry Dobbs is the character's name apparently according to various wikis um so in Brian Michael Bendis's daredevil spoilers for a twin no uh, spoilers for a 17 year old comic um daredevil gets outed in the press as being matt murdoch and this happens because um a an up-and-coming um attempted gang lord attempts to take over from the kingpin uh, it all goes badly wrong and he gets arrested and in order to try and get a deal and get put in witness protection or whatever, he offers up the knowledge that he's found out, which is that Matt Murdock is Daredevil. He gives it to the FBI. The FBI are like, um, you know, some of, the, don't do yeah, anything. some of them kind of know this already. And the attitude is, look, we don't do anything with this. Um, but one FBI agent who's, I think, girlfriend or wife or whatever is a reporter and they're in slightly desperate financial situations, um, gets the story out to the press that way. So an FBI agent willing to go to any length for his family rather suggests an FBI agent who would leak Matt Murdock's identity to the press. Um, and speaking of someone who has dropped off Daredevil, that's something that would get me back in because uh, like not only in the comics is it a great story and it really really is and it obviously it leads to so much stuff and and you know there's long running years long plot lines as a result but i'm sure i've talked about this before that um i don't think i think something that superheroes in movies and television haven't explored to their fullest is secret identities and the the whys and the wherefores and the the logistics and what happens if they're compromised and daredevil is the perfect place to do that as the comic showed and a tv show that is about an established superhero being having their secret identity outed and properly outed in the press um could be fantastic do you think that there is a way that you combine this out storyline with Born Again, which is what the, they uh, This seem is the point be... I was going to make, which is that yeah. out follow similar lines to Born Again in that it's essentially the destruction of Matt Murdock as an, as an effective tool mm. for him to hide behind. Um, but Born in... Again manages to reverse it, doesn't it? Yeah, but like in... Out managed to reverse it eventually. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> wow. It yeah. took a took a, lit, a literal hand wave to get rid of that. Yeah. 
but um i think it would be possible to combine them because all you need to do is beef up the kingpin's rolling out like in mm. in out the kingpin is kind of around but incidental to the story well i mean the, the the inciting incident is the kingpin well the attempted assassination of the kingpin yeah taking him off the board and then yeah, he comes back what... <laughs> onto the board in a big way after murdoch's been outed but oh, yeah. where, whereas in born again he is the in born again uh, he finds out the information from someone who karen... finds out from karen page yeah and given the flash i mean i'm suddenly getting interest in the marvel universe again the marvel netflix universe again because we're talking kingpin um but when kingpin turned up in daredevil season two there was like that there was that implication that hmm, maybe I should look into this Matt Murdock character more, a little bit more than I had done before. Um, yeah, I mean, the way honestly, the way I see this story going is that the Kingpin attempts to do that, and then the FBI slash Daredevil stop him, and then this FBI character goes and does it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because that, inter- that to me seems like the like he goes well if he's not going to do it like I can get rich off it so I'm going to do it. Mm. It's interesting that what what's happening I think with the Marvel Netflix universe in that we discussed a couple of weeks ago how it looks like the Defenders was a one off thing and won't be happening again. But <laughs> if, fuck if, for that. But now everything else is just continuing apace. So we've got Daredevil season three coming. Iron Fist season two is filming as we speak. Uh, Luke Cage season two is coming. Um, Jessica Jones season two, we've just had. I'd be stunned if we don't have a season three. The Punisher season two is filming. So they're just, uh, it seems like now that, that kind of interconnected, interconnectedness and building towards the defenders and like, okay, so we won't do a Daredevil season this year because we've got Luke Cage and we've got just, you know, that kind of like that staggered approach. Mm -hmm. It seems like that's going out of the window and like Netflix just want as much content as possible. Um, it seems like we're just going hell ever, and these shows kind of now they're, they're being allowed to be their own thing which which maybe which maybe is a good thing that, well, I, that, I, that the Defenders has stopped being I will say having seen Jessica Jones season 2 and knowing that Iron Fist is in Luke Cage season 2 the interconnectivity is not completely out of the window. I don't but mean I, do I, I don't mean it like yeah. that, but I mean more about like we are telling our own stories rather than being concerned about setting anything up or yeah. like yeah, we're not going like, to have to have a ninja in in one and this, episode. The, this and not, and, and not having to take a pause because there's another se- series that needs to take that release slot next year. Just you can just go ahead and make your Daredevil seasons now. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, anyway. This might all play in as well to the the speculation that I enjoyed from uh, from you guys that um, that Marvel TV stuff is actually not actually canon. Um, <laughs> which as soon as you think as soon as you allow that idea to take root in your head, you realise how much better off it makes everything if it's not <laughs> having to worry about that. And it's like Don't... we we accept alternate continuities you know in comics and in you know dc do it with the movies and tv so yeah why why do the mcu tv things have to actually I mean, be in the mcu and not just a different version of the mcu where some of the stuff in the movies can have happened to the tv shows but yeah, yeah. there is there's so, a moment in jessica jones season two where she says something like i'm the only one strong enough to stop this person and you go <laughs> except for the millions of people out there who could also do it yeah 
It's uh, for just uh, on that point. In this week, there was um, into those quotes from the Russos talk, <laughs> talking about like that said they kind of they explored the idea of putting of like involving the TV characters in Infinity War, and ultimately, like they were like like we've got sixty characters to deal with. We don't like it's hard enough knowing what James Gunn wants, wants to do with his characters and what Taika Waititi wants to do with his characters and like trying to liaise with those guys before we start thinking about yeah. showrunners and all of those casts as well, which I think is completely fine. I don't believe everything the Russos are saying about Infinity War because I, I still think Captain Marvel's going to be in it. Um, but I believe that. No, I, um, I think that is bullshit, honestly. I think that is a diplomatic way of saying it was never going to happen. Oh, no, sorry. But I, I, what I do believe is that they're not they're not in the movie. I think they probably yeah, yeah, looked totally. into a way of like, is, is it worth doing a cameo and them going, no. Uh, that that's about as far as I think they considered it. Yeah, um, sure. Interestingly, though, and I think that this might be the kind of like the doff of the hat that the Marvel Cinematic Universe makes towards the TV shows. Um, they we we've talked that Agents of Shield just had its hundredth episode. They've talked about this season's finale potentially being at like the the end for Agents of Shield. It's been written so that it possibly could be. And Jeff Loeb has been uh, giving some quotes saying that a surprising reveal in the finale um, will kind of like answer the question about or like address the fact that none of the <laughs> Avengers know that Coulson's alive. And I do wonder whether maybe as like kind of just a, okay, we'll acknowledge this, that there might be a cinema character cameoing in the finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> Captain Maybe. America, Chris Evans shot on an iPhone with his moustache going, <laughs> yeah, no, thanks, Coulson. Yes, that's exactly the kind of thing I expect it to be. Um, but yeah, I just, the other way around, no, I don't see it. And to be honest, like, all, all, all of the Avengers could show up in an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And um, I, I wouldn't. I still wouldn't consider that canon. <laughs> I was going to say, you still wouldn't watch it. It would It would have to be the other way round for me to consider it canon at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I don't even acknowledge that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Netflix shows exist in the same universe, to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, w- w- a brief bit of news on Luke Cage. Um, Annabella Sciorra has been announced as playing Rosalie Carbon in Luke Cage season two, who apparently is a character who has ties to the Punisher. Um, and that's she's... only because she's like a mafia boss or whatever in the Marvel universe. Yeah. And the Punisher gets involved with every low level mafia character in the Marvel universe. I wouldn't read yeah, anything I... into that. No. Well, I was just more interested that, that the actress was in the third season of the Sopranos playing a kind of, um, a squeeze of Tony Soprano, an extramarital <laughs> activity of Tony Soprano. And, and she, um, is kind of like an incredible firebrand in that series. Uh, so I just thought it was worth mentioning because that's pretty cool. Um, and then we'll move on to the DC TV shows just for one little tidbit before we get to the pitch. Um, John Constantine is going to be a season regular in Legends of Tomorrow Season Thor, season 4. Or Season Thor, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, Seb, what's, what's your thoughts on that? He's been like popping up, he's been popping up in little cameos and little I, short little arcs in the DC TV shows. I, I, I saw a picture of him uh, in it and just the look of him in the costume. My comment at the time on Twitter was that 
the TV version of John Constantine now looks like somebody cosplaying as the TV version of John Constantine. Um, <laughs> fine, I guess. You know, uh, I, I just, aside from the fact that, as we've discussed, I like the Keanu Reeves movie, um, I can't have any interest in any version of John Constantine that isn't the one that ended several years ago. Like, the, <laughs> I can't even get interested in it, even though I gather some of the more recent. Um, stuff and in dc since rebirth has been quite good it's just not the same character and so much of what i like about that character is is wrapped up in that specific version of the character in his history if they want to do constantine and legends of tomorrow then fine i, I guess it makes sense as, as a fit mm. I, I gather that show is good fun and if i ever if i had the time to watch it i'd probably quite enjoy it i've I, um, apparently said um wally west has turned up in that show as a as a like i'm not sure whether he's a he's just got an arc but he's kind of like one of the main characters in the episodes that are currently airing mm. and apparently they found a way for him to be fun and likable and you know <laughs> like just all the just things re- they didn't do in flash with him. yeah exactly uh but i don't think any fault of the actor in fact i um i just saw keenan lonsdale in um love simon uh mm. which is directed by greg balance who's like the the mastermind of all yeah. of the dc tv stuff um and it's a really charming film and um keenan Walsdale like has a, a small but like um nice supporting role in that as well so uh so i'd add that in as it's like <laughs> people connected to all of that stuff um doing good stuff elsewhere um but yeah Constantine is going to be a season regular on Legends of Tomorrow. Um, That's all of our news this week, so we'll move on now to our final section, which is the pitch. And Seven James have forgotten what (laughs) last week's pitch was and haven't prepared anything. Correct? Yep. Yeah. Same as every this week. This new format's me. working really well, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I do. I like it. I like giving you a week to ruminate on it, and then you you can't blame me when you haven't prepared. Well, answers. you see, uh, you can't blame me for not preparing, given what happens when I do prepare. Seb, you're here this week, so you've 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 got at least a one percent chance. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> And we repeat, Seb, don't let this become a bit. <laughs> okay, so um, I think I think you will have fun with this, and I think you you will both be able to um, come up with something on the on the fly because it sounded like you almost did last week. Um, I wanted to know, given that Thor: The Dark World kind of hopped between various different ones of the nine realms, which as yet unexplored Marvel world oh, slash location yeah. should be the <laughs> setting for a movie. So. And I already know what James's will probably be. Um. Uh, so yeah, so we will. I, I said last week you can kind of use um, any Marvel. It doesn't have to be MCU, uh, but yeah, a movie set, a movie where you use an as yet unexplored Marvel world or location for the setting. Uh, so James, I'll let you go first because it sounds like you had this in mind a week ago. Yep. So my pitch is. Uh, Thor goes to the Savage Land. What's I'm really annoyed there? that you let James go first because it means James gets to Savage Land. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you thought I was going to say? No, I actually thought you were going to say something else. So I'll say what I thought you should say. Um, yeah, carry on. <laughs> okay, so uh, my pitch is Thor goes to the Savage Land looking for Antarctic Vibranium because they're both in the Antarctic. Um stuff happens 
the only the only scene I've got in mind is at one point Thor puts down his hammer and uh Tyrannosaurus comes and picks it up in its teeth and turns into Tyrannosaurus Rex. Cause you know, the T Rex is worthy, obviously. Could you cross over with Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur? No. <laughs> okay, Thor goes to the Savage Land. Oh, and um, he fights Garrock. Who's Garrock? He's he's a guy. He's made of rocks. He's a sorcerer made of rock who also turns things into rocks. He's a very good character. He's like, you know, Doctor Doom. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't sound like it, but I'm willing to take your word for it. <laughs> so you've got Thor going to the Savage Land. Uh, Seb, what have you got? I mean, I want I wanted to just say the Savage Land as well, but I mean, my argument would just be the Savage like, the Savage Land has got dinosaurs in it, and that's really all you need to to win a film pitching argument dinosaurs and superheroes yeah thor um, versus dinosaurs come on yeah i'm not sure i would have put thor there I, th- I think i would have come up with a better uh plot but we'll never know so uh seb, got... seb you can have the savage land if you want no if i'll, a, I'll if go with what i assumed james was going to say which was genosha um which is genosha, is it genosha or genosha genosha okay but do you say gif or jif depends whether i'm talking about the lemon stuff or the image format the image format you say gif yeah so it's genosha it's, it's, um, no it's genosha <laughs> because it's a pun on genetic oh okay um right so uh, that's fair or genetics as you would say yeah now technically they have done a place called genosha in uh the uh movies but it doesn't really count because it was just it was just like magneto's little island base and i don't they didn't do genosha what it actually is in the comics which is an island nation where loads of mutants live and what i would use it for is as a way of putting mutants in the marvel universe and explaining why we haven't seen them yet which is that they all including professor xavier have been living on genosha trying to establish a a mutant society but xavier and magneto have fallen out and so xavier and his x-men leave genosha and come into the rest of the world and then you've got x-men in marvel so ah. i mean the, the pitch was which location would you send thor to and what you've done is i would no, say no, 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 it wasn't no, no, no. you never said you had to send thor there oh, okay, no it was just was what what world location should be the setting for a marvel movie I mean, if before, I was going to send Joe, Thor anywhere, I'd send it that wasn't the Savage Land. I'd send him to Atlantis. But Joe, before <laughs> you make a decision, I'm going to send you using the magic of Skype a picture of what Garrock looks like. Okay. Um, so if I, you just I'll, look at that. I'm not going to lie, James. I'm not impressed that you didn't listen to the pitch properly. Uh, Garrock <laughs> looks terrible. <laughs> He's naked except for a loincloth and cloak. And he looks like zombie Shazam. Um, there is actually there his is name. Actually, his name is spelt with two K's as well. G A R O double K. There is actually a way you could combine our pitches. Stop uh, doing that. But I'll, I'm not I'll sharing let, this. I'll let. Well, it was going to help you get the draw, James. How but, about the X Men are also in the Savage Land because that's where they are ninety percent of the time anyway. Well, right, I was going to say that all, all, in Ultimate Marvel, the Savage Land and Genosha are basically the same thing. Order, I, I order, I don't, Ultimate Marvel. <laughs> I don't recognise this kind of like 
oh, what, what if we can do a draw? What if we can negotiate no, I, with each I was other? trying to be generous because I'm obviously going to win. So Seb, you uh, you genuinely won that pitch from the moment Yay. that James said the words Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was going to be hard a hard battle back from there. Um, Let the public decide. <laughs> okay, um, that's the end um, of this week's minisode. Um, just before we go, I'd like to give a, a just a quick update on my um, on my charity. Um, well, what do we call it? Uh, I'm I'm marathoning the MCU to raise money for Parkinson's UK. Um, I think when I when I last updated everyone on the podcast, we were kind of on about three or four hundred pounds. Uh, I've now broken the eight hundred pound barrier, and I can see from the people that have donated that there are a number of listeners to this podcast that have donated uh, before and since mentioning it on the podcast. So that's incredible. Thank you very much. Um, if slash when I break the £1,000 barrier, I will not only be watching all 18 movies in MCU, but I will also be watching all of the one-shots as well, which takes it over 39 hours. And when I reach £1,000, I will also add another stretch goal. I haven't figured out what that is yet. I figured um, out what it is. Go on. When you hit two thousand pounds, you should watch every episode of Agents of Shield as well. James, again, I I would die. <laughs> I would die. Um, uh, yeah, around season two, I imagine. <laughs> um, so it won't be that, but it it, it, it maybe it could involve some TV. You stuff should in there you well. should include the episodes that have like Sif and Nick Fury and stuff in, just to keep it consistent. I, I could maybe include the episodes of TV that I actually do consider canon, which is Asian Carter season one and two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. So, um, yeah, that, that, again, we're, we're about a month out from this taking place and uh, I've cracked 800 pounds. So that's incredible. Um, thank you for your support. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll keep you updated with whatever nonsense I have to add into this. Um <laughs> And also, right, so they announced that they're doing an, a big MCU marathon in AMC cinemas in North America, or in, like, a, a few of them. They're not even doing all the movies, you guys. <laughs> they're doing Didn't, 12 of them. They, they're skipping... Winter ones. Soldier's one of the ones that they're skipping. Yeah, like, it's quite important <laughs> to the overall yeah. narrative of the movies. Yeah. Um, could you imagine watching the MCU... In a mar- in marathon th- format and losing and like going, do you know what? I'm going to watch uh, Thor: The Dark World now, but um, in in a couple of hours, I'm not going to be watching <laughs> Captain America: The Winter Soldier. <laughs> so fuck you, AMC. Uh, you're, I take your 31 hour marathon, which has probably got breaks in there as well, and I scoff at it and say I'm doing 39 hours and I'm including the one shots. I w- I was going to attempt to offer some some mitigation on behalf of AMC. I, I wondered if potentially. Potentially, uh, although well, actually they're not. I was going. I wondered if potentially doing Thor: The Dark World, but not um, Winter Soldier, would be because to do with Infinity Stones because it's Infinity War. However, they're not doing Thor: The Dark World either. Uh, they are doing oh, the Incredible not. Hulk, um, and they're doing Age of Ultron, which I guess because it is an Avengers movie. Uh, but they're doing Homecoming. There's, I mean, I like Homecoming, but that's not part of the overall narrative. <laughs> They're, no, Seb, they're all part of the overall well, yes, narrative. That's yes. the point. No, but you if, if you were any. trying to be selective, uh, you would certainly drop Homecoming before you dropped Winter Soldier. Yeah, exactly. And you would certainly so, drop Incredible Hulk before anything. <laughs> so best of luck to everyone that goes to that. But um, but you will not be 
achieving what Joe is achieving. No. And as, and as Reese pointed out to me recently, um, I'm really going to have to do all of this again a year from now if I really want to do, <laughs> I really want to do the entire like MCU <laughs> capping stuff. It's going to be Avengers 4, which is going to be the time to do it. So let's see whether, <laughs> let's see whether I'm still alive after this and I can maybe <laughs> contemplate a year from now doing it all again. Probably not, but maybe. Okay, uh, but that is it for this week's show. Um, don't forget that our next episode is on Generation X. <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, if you're enjoying the show, then please please do subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, um, Overcast, your podcast app of choice. Uh, you can support us on patreon.com slash cinematicuniverse. You can find more episodes of the show at cinematicuniverse.com. You can get in touch via Facebook, on Twitter, at cine underscore verse. Or you can send us an email to editorial at cinematicuniverse.com. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.